Hey there. Like this show and want to create one similar? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. Uh, One of the main things that I love about Anchor, but that's not all. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. How awesome is that? Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create. Whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world has never heard before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Welcome to the Kidney Connection, a weekly show about dialysis wellness, kidney health, and how to make holistic choices that can lead us to the healthiest possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Ebony G, a registered nurse in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information and free resources to help you get started, please visit our website, www.lwapllc.com. I really hope you enjoy listening to this show, but just a reminder, this show is not a substitution for medical diagnosis and treatment. Hello, welcome to the Kidney Connection podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness. We have a very special guest on today, Ms. Tierra Riley. How are you? I'm good. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. Thank you for coming. I think your um, your topic today is super needed and super interesting. So I just cannot wait um, to dig in. But before we do, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Um, so my name is Tierra Nicole Riley. I am a motivational speaker, a published author. I've published three different books. Uh, and I'm also a business coach. I've been in business for about four years. Um, and then I've also been a full-time entrepreneur for a little bit over a year. So incredibly excited and honored that I get to wake up every day and do what I love, do what I'm passionate about. Um, just to give a brief overview, my first book is called 23 and Finally Loving Me. And it speaks to the, the journey of self-love, but also that journey of healing and growth and development. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my second book is called When Life Gives You Lemons, and it talks about perseverance. Like, what do you do when right. life actually gives you those lemons? Like, what? how do you get through it? <laughs> and then uh, my third book is called Life After Loss, and it speaks to surviving the grief of miscarriage and how do you support people through that process and recognizing that it's not just the mother that has a grieving process, but the mm-hmm. father of that baby, the grandparents, the godparents the aunts, the uncles, the cousins, everybody Mm -hmm. who wanted a baby and ended up with an angel has Mm -hmm. a grieving process. And so this book is tangible, actionable steps beyond just, it takes time, which (laughs) I need more than that. So I decided to be the change I wanted to see in the world. Um, And so that's my third book. Um, 
I'm at all platforms at Tierra Nicole Riley. I have a podcast. I have a YouTube channel. Um, I'm on every platform you can think of, except TikTok. I couldn't get into TikTok. Like, I, no, it wasn't for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so excited to be here um, talking about one of my favorite subjects to talk about, for sure. Yeah, actually, it's it's probably one of my two. I very often say I probably I probably should have went to school to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist because um, just mental health and emotional wellness itself just is very interesting to me, and I find myself secretly like sub-diagnosing people in my head like oh you read about you that's what you have well even myself a lot you know I mean just yeah. do therapy myself I'm like oh yeah I didn't remember reading about that that's me like no no yep yep, yep. <laughs> I, I definitely understand um so my undergraduate degree is in psychology and um I've been very I do have my master's uh, but it's in something else and I'm like oh I should probably go back for a second master's and then go the PhD route because even though um, I'm a few years removed from graduating undergrad, I, I've kind of done this full circle where I'm like, I wish I would have stayed on that track because from an academic standpoint, it's something I'm very passionate about. Mm-hmm. But also from a personal standpoint, I've dealt with um, all kinds of mental health challenges. So um, my first suicide attempt, I was seven years old. Wow. And I say that because a lot of us need to, especially in the Black community, need to yeah. recognize that children hurt. Children have pain. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we're met with, well, you don't pay bills. What's your problem? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I don't have an emotional situation going on that needs more than prayer. Yeah. I need Jesus and my therapist. Yeah. But yeah. despite having um, those challenges as early as seven years old, I didn't see a therapist until college. Mm. And it's a lot of it has to do with the stigma rooted in the black community that you only see it you only need to see a therapist when you you know in a straight jacket with your right. arms up around your body no I need a therapist to process my everyday depression yeah. um my suicide th- my suicidal thoughts so I had um an attempt at seven I had ideations at 16 and then I also had ideations in college um and there's different triggers along the way mm-hmm. but we need to recognize that youth is hurting like yeah kids are taking their life as young as five years old yes it is it is definitely a real thing I know I first started seeing a therapist at 13 um but all throughout life and even now as I go to therapy more as an adult and I realize just how much trauma you know childhood could be because a lot of my now adult I don't want to say issues but you know just I guess things that I'm working out stem from my childhood mm-hmm. you know and, and that's what it is and it's like if you don't understand like you sometimes you don't even realize it it's not until you get that that licensed person that knows how to you know get it out of you before you you really can make those connections sometimes you just cannot do it on your own absolutely and so when I think about um where I could have been emotionally oh. had I processed like at seven, had I worked through that and processed it and found better ways of coping Mm -hmm. as opposed to packing it in my suitcase. And now I got three decades worth of baggage that I'm just lugging around, (laughs) you know? Um, And that's what part of my first book uh, started with. It it didn't even start off as a book. It was just a journaling process. 
um, on my 23rd birthday, I decided I was going to spend a whole year, calendar year, um, really focused on unpacking that baggage, mm. like just, just removing the gunk from my heart. And um, I journaled the process because writing is, is therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it became a book several years later when I realized that my story could help somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, uh, oh, that's powerful because I saved my journals too. And I'm like, I probably could write three books with, <laughs> just with my journals. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not a, the, I'm not like, I'm not a book writer, but, um, but I save a more or less so that it reminds me where I've been. And, you know, when you start feeling like, oh man, what do you, what do I do in this situation? You know, what's going on? I don't know how to do it. And then I use my old journals to remind me like, oh girl, you know what to do. You've done it before. Go back, read your notes, take that information and apply it to getting out of this now. And I think you made another powerful point about where could you have been? you know, had you had the tools. And that's why I'm very, very intentional about speaking about positivity and energy and, you know, manifestation and all of that to my son, because I didn't have that. And I wish I did. I'm like, I could have been, you know, more of a powerhouse had I had these tools at that age. And, you know, and just had that, that, um, you know, that, uh, emotional upbringing that you know probably a lot of us didn't have and you know probably because our parents just didn't know better some of them did you know it is a mixture of everything I always say I know my son is going to have some therapy bills but I don't want to be like more than 40 more than 60 percent of them okay and that so um I have miscarried twins but I don't have children on earth yet Mm -hmm. but that's part of the push for me well in my therapeutic relationship in this moment, it's like, I know I'm going to have kids sometime soon. Yep. And I need to do my work, mm-hmm. my self-work and unpack mm-hmm. my baggage. Right. And, um, those learned behaviors. Yes. So that when I do have children, they're not sitting in therapy talking about me or their mm-hmm. other parent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's my goal. And it's mm-hmm. the reality is, um, I've been with this therapist for months now in every session one of my parents have come up mm-hmm. well one or the other you know what I mean and it's just like it shouldn't be that way mm-hmm. but then when you think about it it's a learned and a pattern yeah. behavior you yeah. know what I mean like my mother is mothering me the way her mother mothered her mm-hmm. my father is fathering me the way his father fathered him yeah. and until somebody makes an intentional decision to say Mm-mm, it stops here yeah I'm going to do what it takes to make sure I'm healing because hurt people hurt people. Yeah. 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 And that's just what it is. So knowing the, the challenges and the hurt and the pain and, and I haven't had a horrible life, right. You know what I mean? Like that's, I'm not trying to imply that, but even just with the everyday challenges, I need to process and heal that or I'm going to pass it along and I'll be damned. Yeah, that's how I feel too. I'm like, it's funny, not funny, but it is funny because it's like, yeah, I did not have one of those like super traumatic childhoods. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you really put that into perspective of people and children that you know are, and you magnify, you know, how you might be feeling or thinking on on that scale, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. which brings us to strategies. So, what are some strategies that people can take for balancing their mental health? 
I love this kind of question. Um, and the reason, let me start by saying the reason why is because I'm not just the type of person, um, and I'm definitely not the motivational speaker that's just going to be like, rah, 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 this is what you should be doing. Like, I love giving the how. Mm-hmm. Because I can motivate you to want to do better. But if I don't tell you how to do better, it's yeah. going to go one, in one ear, out the other. And by Monday morning, you're going to be back on the train. That's right. So thank you for asking about strategy. Um, huge, huge, huge. What I will start off by saying is that your mental health journey is such an individual process. I can't a thousand percent tell you how, right? right? I can offer suggestions. I can offer what's worked for me, what maybe didn't work for me, but might work Mm -hmm. for you, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It's a part of your journey to understand what works for you and then create a mental health routine around that. Yes. With that being said, we all have mental health, just like we all have physical health. We all, it's a lot of times we hear mental health and imply challenges or issues or disease, or, you know, we imply these silent meanings when the reality is we, every human has a mental health process. Yeah. The question is, where are you in that journey and recognizing that you can be good one day and bad the next? And it comes and flows. Yeah. One definite thing that I wish more of the Black community would um, embrace was the concept of therapy. Yeah. And a lot of times people, um, the rebuttal that I get about therapy is the cost, right? Check with your health insurance. A lot of health insurance companies view mental health as preventative maintenance, which means it's either free or incredibly cheap and they cover a majority of it. So start with your health insurance, right? And if you don't have health insurance, um, there's a site called BetterHelp where you very, very well priced um, and it's a virtual service. So you can, you know, video chat, phone calls, text chat, whatever with your therapist. Um, So that's, that's that. But the other rebuttal often is, well, they don't really understand me. Or it's too hard to translate and all this other stuff. My biggest recommendation for finding a therapist is find someone who looks like you. Yeah. By race and by gender. Because there's nothing a black man can tell me about being a woman. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing a white woman can tell me about being black. Right. But if I start with a black female therapist, I don't have to translate. You may not have had the exact same experiences, Mm -hmm. but... Now we can have a conversation. I, I can show up 100% as myself. Right. And the amount of code switching we do in this world, mm. therapy should be the one place you don't have to do that right. or translate. Well, this is what it means in our family. And I don't have to do none of that. Right. Because you at least have an understanding mm-hmm. of what it means to, um, like, what the relationship between a Black mother and a Black daughter. Let's start there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even if you didn't have that type of relationship, you understand where I'm coming from, where I say a yeah. lot of black mothers and black daughters have challenges, mm-hmm. right? You understand what I say about the relationship between a black woman and her father. Mm-hmm. You may have had, you may have hit the father jackpot, but you understand where I'm coming from. Right. And I don't have to translate and interpret and all this other stuff. Right. So therapy, therapy, therapy. I will die on this hill 
Everyone yeah. needs it. Even if you don't feel like you have depression or anxiety or anything like that, at a minimum, we all carry so much weight on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. Daily. Daily. Mm-hmm. At a minimum, have a safe place to take the cape off. Right. Yeah. Even if you just go in there to vent for an hour. Yeah. Cool. Whatever. And then you can work from there. Got it. Um, because what happens is when we don't have therapists, we try to use our friends as our therapists Mm -hmm. and they're not trained to do so. And so you're burdening them with your challenges because you don't have a therapeutic relationship in place. That's true. Now, when I talk to my friends, we can kiki, we can laugh, we can catch up, we can have fun. But when I'm with my, and I even have a best friend who is a therapist and I still don't use her as a therapist because I have one. Right. So really, really, really get into therapy. Um, Additionally, I would say uh, journaling is a really helpful tool, um, whether that's writing, whether that's um, audible, like voice recording, whatever the case, definitely, definitely journal. Mm -hmm. Um, That's such a huge piece and making sure that you're able to release it all. So I'm in therapy pretty much every week, um, but I journal every day. I start my morning reflecting and thinking and processing and sometimes it's just a brain dump you know what I mean like sometimes I just want to get it off my chest and that's okay yeah um another thing is having a self-care routine Mm -hmm. again self-care is one of those individual processes so self-care looks like whatever you want it to look like but have consistency within it Mm -hmm. and take at least one day to do nothing out of obligation right Absolutely. Um, So those are some huge strategies. um, And really, there's layers to each of those answers. But uh, when it comes to having that self-care routine, decide what you want to be Mm self-care and then embrace it on a consistent basis. So my self-care routine, just to give an example, um, every Sunday is my rest day. Mm -hmm. I don't do anything out of obligation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that looks like I'm sitting on the couch doing nothing. Right. I need it sometimes. Mm -hmm. right and then sometimes that looks like I might be doing things here there you know and I coach cheerleading and we have practice on Sundays but I love going to practice like it's fun for me so it doesn't feel like an up like yeah I have to be there because I'm the coach but like it doesn't feel obligatory I want to be at practice um so really just thinking about like what's the one day a week where if somebody you don't feel like talking to call you don't have to answer (laughs) right you know what I mean like and just giving yourself that guilt-free day to just call them back the next day. It's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Um, and then also part of my self-care routine, I'm a morning person. So the first two and a half hours of my morning are for me. Mm-hmm. You can't call me. You can't mess. I'm not checking emails. I'm not checking social media. I'm not responding to anything that I don't want to respond to. Um in some mornings, that looks like I'm journaling, I'm doing my devotional time with God, I'm exercising. And then some mornings, it's like, you know what? I'm sleeping in today. Mm-hmm. Let me turn this alarm off. You know what I mean? Right. But it's really whatever, if you're a morning person, night out, or if you get your peak in the middle of the day, whatever your energy peak is, that time is for you. Right. Literally, from 6.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. is my time uninterrupted, no guilt, no shame mm-hmm. for me, right? right? But from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., the world can have me. Right. You know what I mean? Like, 
You right. can have whatever you want from me because my cup was filled first. I'm about to say, yeah, you have the capacity, and that's what I, you have the capacity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also get massages every three weeks, but that's just my version of self care. I love it. I need it. It, it makes me feel like I can oh, yeah. keep going in this world. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's really just thinking about like, what do I need mm-hmm. to feel whole? And self care does not have to be expensive. Right. Self care does not have to be time consuming. Nope. It just has to be consistent. Right. And it has to be something that you want. It shouldn't be something that, oh, your friend or that that you heard or that you read that somebody else is doing. And so you decide to do it. I talk about that all the time um, regarding kidney health about it's trial and error. Your health, your life is trial and error. You're not just going to find something one time, Mm -hmm. the first time, the first five times and say, oh, that didn't work for me. So I just have to stop. Like, no, you have to continue to search for it. And it's, it's work. It is work. It is, but it's worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's such a valid point. Like, I think one of the most common versions of self-care is like a bubble bath. Mm-hmm. I can't stand bubble baths. Mm-hmm. I get bored. Mm-hmm. Like, I just be sitting there like, are we done yet? You know what I mean? Like, it's just such a waste of time for me because like, and even, I remember one time I even tried, I had my, like my computer on the toilet seat and I'm like, well, let me just sit here and watch a movie. I couldn't even get through the whole movie before I was like, all right, I'm, I'm over. I, I just can't. It's really, and it just really goes to speak. Like, even with me being such a huge advocate for self care, you have to figure out what works yeah. for you. It's yeah. your self care process. The yeah. only thing that I ask is figure out what frequency you're going to do it in and be consistent with that. Right. Yeah. Cause it takes practice. Like anything, like I'm big into meditation and I even had to, and I know it takes practice. And it was hard for me to get into the practice mm-hmm. because. You know, my, I, I, I like I would like to be at a certain place and it's not many days I can achieve that because my mind is always like rah, 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 rah. and um, and not that it's and my mind is it's not supposed to be quiet or, you know, they have all types of different meditation, yeah. whether it's, you know, you can do guided or if you're quiet or if it's a prayerful one, whatever it is, you know, that's another thing. It's, that's another one of those things where it's like it's, it's you can have whatever you like, like whatever it looks like for you. That's Ooh. what it is. And so for me, I wanted it to be. um just a little bit quieter than I didn't want like the racing thoughts. I wanted passing thoughts, if that makes any sense. And I just, and, and, and at a, sometimes it's hard to get there and then I get frustrated. Mm. And it's in those moments though, where it's that much more important to keep going because that's how you get through that and to what you want. And if you, if I was to stop every time that happened, I'm starting over every time. And that's what was happening. I was starting over every time. And then I'm even more frustrated until I really had to tell myself like, girl, you just need to stick with it late, late, go through it and learn what you need to learn from this. Cause it's happening for a reason. You need to learn how to do what you're trying to do. And, you know, and I tell people like, it's not easy. Like you see people who have, you know, attained, whatever level of peace and calm or whatever and it looks dang it looks like it was oh you can do it or if she did it and not to say you can't do it but don't minimize the work that it takes yeah yeah Yeah. because i think that's what that's what messes a lot of people up is they minimize the amount of work that it takes that somebody has put in hour after hour day after day year after year you know i've i've been with my therapist for five years and um and it was like, like she told me just recently the other day, like, man, you are just like the growth. And I'm like, I can tell. And 
but it took time. Yeah. yeah. It took a lot of time. It yeah, took me, and sometimes I took off because I was like, you know, frustrated with that because I'm like a, <laughs> I don't know if I'm a typical Gemini, but I'm like, I'm hot or cold, and I'm like a white. I'm like, it is or it ain't. I need it or I don't. You know, and so learning, she always tells me like the warm water is fine. And so I always try to think about that. Like, you know, like that's a, one of like a a keyword for me to kind of realize like, you know, and and once you get into your practice and your space, then you start to be able to slow things down and realize those things. But if you don't take the time Mm -hmm. to put into it and to practice and to learn, then you're never going to get there. Absolutely. And a, a couple um, things just came up for me. So one, giving yourself grace. Yes. It's something I want more Black women to learn how to do, yeah. is to learn how to give ourselves grace. Yeah. And even recognizing you showing up at 80% is probably still going to outperform your peers. Yeah. Like you're, <laughs> It's okay to show up in the world at 80% every once in a while. Yeah. Um, And also learn to use your PTO. Mm -hmm. If you have PTO at your job, that is personal time Mm -hmm. off. And I just had this conversation with my best friend, and I just had to validate her. I was like, I'm really proud of how consistent you've been with taking days off just because. Mm -hmm. Your job don't need to know why I'm taking a personal day. That's exactly what it's there for. Um, So use that time off and, and just exist. Yeah, every once in a while. Yeah. Like you don't have to save the world. Nope. It, nope. It's okay to just to just be human. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, um, so I have not had that long term relationship, mostly because I'm nomadic and I'm always moving somewhere new. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't speak to that extent, but I have um been pretty consistent with therapy like on and off over like since college really. But um since losing the twins in twenty sixteen. I've been adamantly searching for peace. Mm-hmm. And here we are, um, you know, it's 2020. We're talking about three and a half years later. Mm-hmm. And I live a peaceful life. Mm-hmm. I mean, peaceful. So much so people think I don't care about nothing. And I'm like, no, I care about stuff. I just, right. I'm very selective about what I care about because I can't take on your stress. Yeah. I just can't. I can be there for you. I can support you. I can love you through it. I can follow up and make sure everything turned out okay. Mm-hmm. But I cannot carry the emotional weight of a situation that has nothing to do with me. And too many times we do that over and over again. We are picking up everyone else's stress and saying, mm-hmm. I'll carry it. Let me put yeah. it on my back. Yeah. And then you're wondering why your back hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're tired. Yeah. Sis is tired. Mm-hmm. sit down somewhere and mind your business yeah yeah how about that yeah I tell myself all the time like excellence over perfection like I have to tell myself that all the time absolutely excellence over perfection like you said that 80 percent that 80 percent is excellent okay good enough you know what I mean it's good you enough know, you know and not only that but like for me my thing is progress over perfection like am right. I improving yes or no mm-hmm. yes cool. It doesn't have to be perfect. I don't have to meet every goal, but if I'm making progress in a, in the correct direction and I'm very big about goals mm-hmm. and I've had to learn to say, okay, what's the minimum and what's the stretch goal? Right. So I'm aiming for the stretch goal, 
But like, at what point am I accepting? Like, you know what I mean? Because what would happen is I would set these lavish goals. And then when I don't reach them, now I'm beating myself up and woe is me. I suck at everything. Mm-hmm. As opposed to having that minimum expectation for myself, which is probably still higher than most. Right. But then aiming for the stretch goal. And if I land somewhere in there, time to celebrate. Yeah, you're golden. Yeah, you're, you're goaded, as my son would say. You'll be goaded. <laughs> love it, love it. You'll be goaded. Yeah, so this has been been amazing. And I just want to touch on one more point of how to support people mm. um, who are hurting. I know we actually probably spoke about a few strategies along the way. Definitely, um, you know, embrace having people embrace the PTO is huge use it take it (laughs) but how else could we support others um, who are hurting absolutely um I think the biggest takeaway for supporting people who are hurting is recognizing that you don't have the answer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so many times we find out our loved one is hurting and we're like well you should do this and you should do this and you should do this and you should do this Instead, I challenge you to say, I see you're hurting. How can I support you? Mm-hmm. What do you need from me? I would like to help. I'm not sure what you need from me. How can I best support you in this moment? Because what happens is, particularly um, when we're going through uh, like a grieving process, mm-hmm. I'm not strong enough to self-advocate. So if you come to me and say, I know you have this problem, here's your answer, I'm just going to be like, okay. I don't have the energy to fight past your your arrogance, right? Because that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. You don't even know the full depth of my problem, but you're giving me a solution, and that is arrogance. Right. Let's, let's name it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have the energy. I barely have the energy to breathe. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't have the energy to fight through your arrogance to tell you you're wrong when you've already presented the answer. Mm-hmm. So when we when we take ourselves out of it, right, and say, someone I know is hurting, how can I best support them, right? Um, and so the best example I have of this, um, I have another friend who has suffered miscarriages, and hers happened before mine did. So I wasn't even... Um, I didn't know what it felt like in that moment, right? But as her friend and as someone I, I, I cared about her, I just wanted to show up. Literally, she didn't want to talk about it. She didn't want to think about it. She didn't want to go through the whole story. We literally sat there and watched Scarface. Mm-hmm. And that's what she needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. So many times we try to force people, well, you need to talk about it. 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 Right. And that actually happened to me um, during the, so there's so many triggers for me, but grief is one of those things that comes and goes. And on the anniversary of what would have been their due date, um, I was dating someone at the time and he's like, well, talk to me about it, talk to me about it, talk to me about it. And I'm like, I journal about it. It's been three and a half years. I'm in therapy every week. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I just want to go to dinner and have a good time. Can we just laugh? Right. You know what I mean? Right. But, but because you want to hear the story and you want to feel like you did your part, right? 
you're forcing me to talk about something that I don't want to talk about. Right. And like literally sitting in the restaurant and I'm getting teary eyed. That's uncomfortable. We're in a right. public setting. Like right. if I just wanted to, if I literally said to you, I just want to go to dinner. Right. Then let it be. Let that be. And it's okay. <laughs> but his curiosity, he needed to hear the story. He needed to hear all the details because he needed to satisfy his curiosity. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't about what I needed. What I needed in that moment right. was to not think about it, right. to have a moment of peace because right. I have so many other avenues where I'm constantly processing and dealing with it. Mm-hmm. So really the best way you can help people who are hurting, regardless of what that hurt is, is to recognize that like you don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. Ask questions more than you make statements. Mm-hmm. And please don't tell somebody else what they need. Unless if right. they come to you and say, hey, I need your advice, right? that is a great opportunity to yeah. listen completely, mm-hmm. right? Don't just gather what the subject is and then attack them with the answer. Right. Like, listen to the entire situation, still ask questions. What's your perspective on this? What's your feelings on this? Like, even the conversation with my best friend last night, she's like, well, okay, so this is a potential situation. What are we feeling if it's a yes? What are we feeling if it's a no? You know what I mean? Like, it's not about knowing the answers. Right. You don't have to know the answers. Ask questions, mm-hmm. show up, and mm-hmm. even from a biblical stance, like, when you think about the story of Job, all that he went through, mm-hmm. right, all the things that he went through, his friends came and sat with him in silence for seven days. Yeah. And then they started talking. Yeah. And that's when the problem happened. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they tried to assume that they knew the answer. Maybe <laughs> you don't need to answer. You right. don't need to answer. Sometimes you just need to show up, mm-hmm. be there physically, mm-hmm. and let them know, whatever you need from me, I got you. Mm-hmm. I just need to know what it is. Right. Awesome. Yes, I think that. And that, that's one that uh, it's like, yeah, th- think on that. <laughs> think on that one. Like the best way to show up is to ask people what they need. Yeah. Yeah. Important, important. And that's a and that's a powerful point. Powerful point. So thank you so much for this conversation. It has been amazing and Absolutely. um it's it's a conversation that, you know, we, we can probably have many times over. Okay. Um, <laughs> Honestly, so we really could. It's so deep. It is so deep. Um, but tell people again. Mm-hmm. where they can find you they can also find all of this written down um on the website show notes but just let them know again where they can reach you absolutely um so all social media platforms facebook instagram twitter youtube linkedin you name it at tiara nicole riley um you can always find me there my podcast is the chasing dreams podcast on all podcast platforms um, my website is tiaranicolerally.com. And if you have any questions, you can either slide in my DMs. Um, you can either shoot me an email, contact at tiaranicolerally.com. Holla at your girl. Um, I'm a very personable person. I love Instagram is my favorite platform to interact with. So slide in my DMs. If you have any questions, I'm always on Instagram. Come holla at me. Oh, but just a random self-care tidbit. Turn off your social media notifications. Oh, yeah. I don't have mine on. Okay. That is self-care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have my email notifications on. Because what happens is, as soon as that buzzer goes off, you're like, ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, yeah. ooh, the world is controlling where you're spending your time and energy. Yeah. But I still see those notifications. I log in multiple times a day. So you can still slide in my DMs. But 
and I'm going to see it, right? right? But I'm not constantly being pulled away right. from what I'm working on because of an email or a social media post or anything like that. Yeah. Be there. Yeah, you're you're choosing. You're choosing that time. Same here. Same here. It's like nobody can't be chasing that dog's tail all day long. Okay. And as soon as I get as soon as I get back on, I'll reply and I'll comment and I'll post and I'll you know, all those things. Right. I like social media. Right. But I don't like my life being controlled by it. Right. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much here for coming in. I hope to have you back soon i feel like we have uh, a lot more to discuss <laughs> absolutely it would be my honor child. awesome awesome <laughs> well thanks again absolutely thank you i hope you enjoyed today's show please be sure to share this broadcast with family friends or anyone that you think could benefit from it also share your takeaways from this show on your ig stories don't forget Use the hashtag LWAP. Check out the show notes for the resources and references talked about in this episode at www.lwapllc.com slash blog. Thanks again. Talk to you next time.